It's time to talk politics. It's Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. And welcome back to the program. Kevin Hardwick still here. Bill Conrad, my co-host for the day, still here. Uh, we're in the Bill's area now. Bill is a, so, among other things, Bill is a social studies teacher and rugby coach at Ken West in uh, in the town of Tonawanda. We're joined by uh, Buffalo Teachers Federation, Phil Ramore. Phil, welcome back to the program. And I... Welcome back. To I, you. I, I, I say I say welcome back because you know nine years ago we probably had a session like this. You were a regular guest, and then I ran for the legislature, and Debo took over the show, and now I've got it back at least temporarily. So it's been a while since we've we've chatted. Um, uh, what's new? I mean, uh, since I was here, you had a new contract, which isn't so much a new contract now, but given the fact that the old contract was expired for so long, it really is. Even a few years later, it's still a new contract. You've got, uh, you've gone through a superintendent or two. Uh, how are, how are things? Well, th- things are better. Uh, things are better. The, uh, we've got a decent working relationship with the superintendent. Although we have our disagreements, mm-hmm. obviously. That's the way it should be. Yes, yes. it should be. And yeah. that's fine. What the important thing is to try to find a common ground where you can. And, uh, we've managed to do that. We still have some issues like with the transfer policy that this HR is trying to impose uh, on people. Um, the issues are still the same issues, though, uh, that, you know, nine years ago is when we both graduated from high school. Isn't that what it was? Yeah, I think so. You're That's right. <laughs> You're right. But the, uh, the, the, the contract, I mean, last time we talked in this mm-hmm. studio, it had been expired for, like, forever. When did it expire? Like 2003 or something? Yeah, but, but what happened is I think people don't realize is that we were involved in a prolonged litigation uh, and involved in a court case that went all the way up to the Supreme Court. So we didn't mm-hmm. actually, neither side, because it meant millions and millions and millions mm-hmm. of dollars to either side. So although there were negotiations, uh, neither side really wanted to take the chance. Um, it was, was millions of dollars, and it wasn't finally settled until March of 2016. Now, that contract expires in another year or so? We start the, the new contract. Yep. Uh, we start the old, the, the, the new, the new, old new contract, contract or whatever. <laughs> yes. Yes. The, new old. the current contract. It's we exchanged proposals in January of uh, 2019, so we'll start again then. And it expires when? After the uh, after a year from now? Uh, it's it's due to expire in July. It's actually uh, of next year. Right. It's actually June 30th, uh, but. The contract doesn't ever expire until you negotiate a new one unless you go on strike. Uh, under the the, uh, the Triborough Correct. Amendment to the Taylor Law, sure. But um, are you more optimistic for this one than the previous one? I'm always optimistic. You know, the, the bottom line is that the Buffalo teachers, as with many teachers, uh, have very, very, very difficult jobs. I mean, the society nowadays is a lot different than it was then. Uh, our teachers, it takes 27 years to get to maximum. In most school districts, it's 15, maybe 20 years. So we have a lot of work to do there. Our class sizes are still too high. We don't have enough psychologists, social workers, uh, attendance teachers, and uh, the kind of support personnel that we need. Uh, we need to um, get better uh, handle on the kids that have problems so we have less discipline problems in our schools. Now, now as, as you know, my wife, Debbie, is a Buffalo school teacher. She's a third grade teacher at Houghton Academy in, in South Buffalo. Um, she oftentimes will come home when I've had a good day and she will uh, 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 tell me that uh, if I knew what she had to put up with, uh, I wouldn't want her there. 
uh, and, and, you know, doing what she does. See, she, you know, some of the stuff she does, you know, she's not uh, too pleased with. And recently this report came out. It received publicity in the, the local media about the abuse of, of teachers and this becoming an issue. And she was kind of nodding her head. I mean, I was nodding my head because she tells me some mm-hmm. of the things that happen in the schools. Um, the Buffalo schools, a lot different than, than the ten, Kenton schools where, where Bill teaches. Bill, will you stipulate I that? I, well, obviously, it's we're, we have a suburban uh, population, but we're we're getting diverse, and uh, the, the issues that he's mentioning, I think, are universal across the country. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, you know, we've, we're dealing with poverty, we're dealing with uh, broken homes, we're dealing with lots of issues, and uh, it's it's spilling over a, into the classroom, and uh, it's not just the teachers; it's the students too. You know, there, there's kids facing verbal abuse. We talk about the bullying. We talk oh, about yeah. the other things. Um, and uh, I, I have to, yeah, we're, we're a different group, but these issues, although not as big, are, are there. You know? Yeah, we have kids, for example, that, you know, when I was brought up in South Ozone Park, I could go out and play punch ball out on the street. I could go to the baseball field, you know, and play baseball. Our kids, uh, and I never knew any of my friends or anybody that was shot and killed, uh, our kids... You know, they have to worry about drug dealers out on the streets, worried about getting shot, uh, worry about all sorts of uh, issues. And they come to school with these issues. I, I, again, through my wife, I hear a lot of this. You know, someone in their school lost a father, you know, the guy that was shot last night or whatever, whatever, you know, that, that had some relation to someone in the school. This latest publicity, though, this latest round about the, the, the verbal abuse, how did that How did that start? Was there a report or something, and, and yes. how was it being dealt with? Well, there was a report that the BTF did. We did a survey of our teachers I to see. find out um, how discipline was going on in the buildings, and we found out that there was a lot of verbal abuse going on, that uh, when a student had a problem and was referred to the office, nothing really was done. Basically, the student was sent back, and that sent a terrible message to the rest of the students we don't want the students just thrown out on the street. If there is a student that's acting up, causing problems, what we do is we want them to go to the office. We want them to get the assistance they need, whether there's something going on in the family. But don't send them right back into the classroom so that it's then the kids that are in the classroom say, well, this is okay. So uh, the the issue is in this. I, I, I can hear my hear my wife now saying, yes, 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 he's got it right. But the problem is that if 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 you suspend the kids if you put them in special classes with smaller really small class size you know a lot of supervision is very expensive yeah it is expensive and but the bottom line on it is that this started out a long time ago uh, when 94142 was uh, instituted as the uh, handicap law the federal government was supposed to supply about a third the state a third and the local a third well Federal government's probably supplying five percent or something, yeah. so it is yeah. very expensive. But the the other issue gets to be is the labeling. Some parents do not like their child labeled as special ed. Uh, the director of, or actually he's now the uh, chief counsel for the Buffalo News, not Buffalo News, for the Buffalo Board of Education, uh, said that he was in Syracuse and he saw a great sign on somebody's shirt, and it said, "Label jars, not people." Yeah. <laughs> so if you were to tell a parent, I'm like to place your child in a smaller class to get extra help, 
they'd say, yeah, that's great. But when you put that label of special emotionally education, emotionally disturbed, disturbed on yeah. it, it's, it's distressing. But it is more expensive. But the bottom line on it, once again, is that if you really care about the kids and want to help them, you've got to spend the money that's going to help you, them. You know, it's funny you should bring up uh, Public Law 94-142 because I talk about that in one of my policy classes. Well, this is not a conversation no, that this is, you're getting, happens you're, in my world. You're, you're, you're getting part of my <laughs> Canisius College lecture now. Sure. Um, I, I, I talk about a phrase in there when I talk about ambiguous legislation. You know, they can be interpreted many ways. You know, it's not black and white. And there's a phrase in there, and I just wrote it down because I've got it ingrained in my memory, but I wanted to make sure I had it. And it's it tells districts like Buffalo, like Kenton, where Bill teaches, that they must provide for the special needs of educationally deprived students. And I say to my, my students, I say, you know, you know, I mean, you know, What's an educationally deprived student? Is this student, is, are my kids educationally deprived because, you know, I, I use TV as a babysitter when they were growing up sometimes? Is that, you know, or, or, or what is it? And, and if I can determine who they are, how do I provide, what are their special needs? Do you have special needs? Do I have special needs? And how do you provide for them? And, and from district to district, they interpret this differently. One district may say, well, this, this, we got to put them in this special class and we got to spend a lot of money on them. Another district say, well, you know, they're not educationally deprived. They have no special needs. And, you know, uh, from district to district, uh, they're going to deal with the same kid differently. If you take a kid from my wife's classroom, you send them to another district, and they go before the special education committee, they might get more services or less than someone else. Yes? They may. Uh, now, you were a special education teacher, right? Yes, I taught emotionally disturbed kids, and there were a lot of people at the time that me teaching emotionally disturbed kids was like the blind leading the blind, but I prefer not to believe that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm my, sure my, our text board will light up on wife, that one. You, my you wife, set yourself uh, up. My wife's a special ed teacher, and she started her career in an emotionally disturbed classroom. So it's uh, it's it's a, it's a an arduous task. I, I'll be honest with you. There, it, <laughs> that is hard, hard work. It, 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 it is. And, and you know... Um, my wife will tell me of, of kids in her classes, uh, you know, fairly large classes, third grade class, some of whom probably, you know, over the years probably need these smaller classes, but, but may or may not get them. And that's, see, that's the point, though, Kevin, that you make the point is that there are so many of our kids that need these. And if you really say that you're going to do what you think is important, you need to provide the services mm-hmm. so that you have to. Um, the problem with the district is we don't get the kind of resources that we need. As you know, there was a case one time that was called the uh, Campaign for Fiscal Equity. Yeah. Where the state In was In New York found, State, it was more downstate, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Well, it was, it was a New York City case, but it applied to the whole state. But New York State was found guilty of violating its own constitution where it says that every child is entitled to a sound basic education. Uh, after two years, we had gotten extra money into Buffalo, and the district was required to negotiate it with the BTF. And we negotiated smaller class sizes for the schools. There were like 16 or 17 schools that were identified as what, we, what they called mm-hmm. failing schools at the time. We lowered the class size to 20. We had some 10 class sizes. Within two years, all but one of those schools was off the list. That shows what you can do with the resources. If you get it, then it dried up, and now we're back in court again. With the same case. Sure. Listen, we, uh, we've gone long on this segment. That's my fault. I have to take a quick break now. When we return, Bill Conrad, uh, Phil Ramore saying here, eventually, uh, if you want to get on board, uh, we'd love to talk to you. 803-0930, the number to call. In the meantime, I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. 
Jimmy Griffin. There, there, there you go. Love Jimmy Griffin. Uh, Kevin Hardwick here, Hardline, <laughs> sitting with Bill Conrad uh, from Ken West and the Town of Tonawanda Town Board. We're talking to Phil Ramore, Buffalo Teachers Federation. Uh, invite your uh, questions. Eight zero three zero nine thirty is the number to call. Let's uh, let's go now to uh, let's go to Diane in Buffalo. Diane, welcome to the program. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I wanted to say I moved to Buffalo from the suburbs about eighteen years ago, and I live. Um, on the east side, and um, I see, now, when I first moved here, it was quite different, and the last few years, I've seen more and more parents, black parents, uh, maybe they're Hispanic black, uh, becoming um, drug dealers. Now, they have kids, and they're, a lot of them don't encourage their kids to behave. They, they want them, I think, to grow up to be uh, gang members. Um, the no, I'm, I'm sorry, they want their kids to become gang members? Yeah, there's a lot of gangs out here. But but I I, years ago. Don't, I I find it hard to believe that parents would want their kids to become gang members. It's too, but it's true. A lot of the par- kids don't go to school. Mm-hmm. Don't care. Well, well, there is there there certainly is a problem with kids not going to school. Yeah, and, chronic chronic attendance. And is a, and and and, and Phil, you, you know my my wife again, uh, teacher at Houghton Academy in in Buffalo. You know, will say to me, "I'm supposed to teach these kids, and they're going to evaluate me based on what they learn. If they're not in school, that's that's a problem." Well, that's the trouble. When you live in the suburbs, you have like a, a totally different perspective of how things are. But if you live in the city, mm-hmm. you will not everybody's like that. But there's an increasing percentage of um, people are. Uh, coming into the city, I don't know where mm-hmm. they're coming from, well, from New York City or where, but um, they, they weren't here when I when I first moved. Sure. They just moved. Di- Diane, Diane, thank you for your call. Appreciate you uh, you weighing in. You know, uh, she leads me the point about my, my wife having to be evaluated on this. Um, I, I wasn't paying too much attention at the uh, end of the legislative session, but one of the things that didn't get covered apparently was teacher evaluation. What was what was going on there? I know it was a big problem, or it's been a big problem for a few years, how teachers are evaluated by the state. Well, what they're doing is, is using these tests that uh, have not been validated uh, and that are torturing our kids. We have kids that have come over from countries hardly speak any English. They're mm-hmm. forcing them to take these tests and then what they're doing is they're using the tests to evaluate teachers. Now, there's a moratorium on it for another year. Uh, but what this would have done is decoupled the testing or the results. The of legislation that didn't get passed that at didn't Albany. didn't get yeah. passed would decouple uh, the testing. How, how should my wife get evaluated? The way Very I, well, by the way. My wife is listening very well, <laughs> and she's a great teacher. She really is. I believe that. The, uh, the, the way the teacher should be evaluated is by you just go into the classroom and see what they're doing. I mean, you know, there's... A, who, who should do that? The administrator, the, the, the principal, administrator, the vice principal? No, the, I think the principal who knows the most yeah. about what's mm-hmm. going on, unless it is a teacher, a music teacher or something like that. Yeah. Some of our music teachers say, look, my principal knows nothing and, about and, music. So yeah, right yeah now, Bill, Bill, you're a teacher. How, how are you evaluated? Well, I, uh, well right now... Uh, very I'm, well, again, I'm uh, very sure. Very well, but, yeah. yeah. I, I'm highly effective. Um, <laughs> The you know right now uh, my kids take tests we we do a baseline and uh, after that I'm evaluated on how they perform and one of the things that we are constantly talking about is you know this kid's not here you know he's not mm-hmm. getting seat time 
you know, why am I getting evaluated on him, you know, or her? And uh, that's a big issue. I also have another uh, principal from another school come in, and, uh, you know, we call it a drop-in. I don't know when they're coming. And they come in and do a scan and, and evaluate us. That's part of the formula. Uh, I also have an So they evaluation. have no stake. I mean, if, if your principal comes in and, yeah. and says you're a terrible teacher and your principal hired you, that's yeah. a bad reflection on and that. Then, and then my so you have someone of, from another school. One of my principals in my building evaluates me on top of that as well. And then I've got to write a, a reflective piece. Uh, we mm-hmm. call it Domains 1 and 4 in our district. But uh, And then from that, they calculate a score. But what's upsetting for me is, okay, I understand it's my test and so on. But I have colleagues in, who are phys ed teachers who don't have tests or art teachers or music teachers, and they're getting evaluated on how well the kids do on the English and math scores. I think that's absolutely ludicrous. You know, you know, Phil, uh, earlier you mentioned us old guys, you and, you and me, when we were in school. Older. Older, older. Older than Bill, certainly. Uh, when, when, we were, when we were in school, I mean, there were no teacher evaluations like they have now, but you and I knew who the good teachers were and who the bad teachers were, Right. Well, I, I knew who the better teachers were. I mean, if there were bad teachers, you know what I'm saying? If there's somebody that's a bad teacher, I'm going to be honest with you. When I taught, I didn't know any bad teachers. I really didn't. I mean, I, everybody was working very hard. Uh, some were better than others. Um, but uh, the thing that, that I noticed is that if a teacher wasn't doing well, that there was no support system for them to help them become better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's problematic, and that's even with administrators. We have a serious problem so, with administrators. So when you were growing up, you, you didn't encounter any teachers that you said, someone made a mistake on that one. As you look back at the teachers in your school growing up, you didn't say, boy, I wonder how that person got there. Nope, I never did. Well, <laughs> I actually didn't. I mean, Bill, I was just Bill. Like, I, I, you know, uh, <laughs> Boy. lucky, I guess. I mean, I mean, well, maybe what? there's let's, our new topic you know, for the you know, day. Listen, yeah. listen, we're we're at the bottom of the hour. <laughs> Let me finish. My Neil, Mc, no, Neil McMahon's <laughs> standing by with the news. We we got to go. We'll be back eight oh three oh nine thirty. If you want to get on board, I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio nine thirty WBEN. And welcome back to the program. Kevin Hardwick sitting here with co-host Bill Conrad and BTF uh, president Phil Ramore. Let's go, uh, let's go back to the phones at 803-0930, 803-0930. Let's go to John, John in Rochester. John, welcome to the program. Hey, hey, Kevin. Morning. Bill and uh, Phil. Well, you know, I, I miss Phil. He used to be on your program quite a bit. Well, I haven't had the program for quite a bit. You're right. <laughs> I'm right back on. But, Phil, uh, you know, I... You and I have had uh, disagreements in the past, mainly about the union control. And um, my philosophy on, on public employee unions and education unions has been a burden to New York State, the taxpayers, the cost of education, et cetera. I'd like you to comment on this point. Uh, I did some research maybe five, six years ago. I haven't done it recently. And I looked at the SAT, ACT, and uh, high school graduation rates of other states, even Florida, North Carolina, Virginia, some other states, Georgia, and uh, the educate, the, uh, these scores, these SAT, SACTs, and mm-hmm. graduation rates, were not that much different than New York State, yet we pay probably 50 or 60 percent more in school taxes, and that's, I think that's being conservative. What are your thoughts on that? Okay. Hey, uh, thanks, John, for the question. We'll get Phil's response. You know, first of all, um, I, I don't know the study, so I'd be just talking through my through my hat. But um, when it comes to taxes, I don't personally believe that 
uh, you should be funding education based on property taxes because what happens then is that in more affluent school districts there's more money whereas in poor school districts there's less money I think it should be something that is not done based on property taxes although the the cost per student in Buffalo is greater than many if not most of the suburban districts when you figure in state aid funding that I mean state aid compensates yeah. for a lot of that doesn't well, it 85 percent of our money comes from the state um, right the, the city is not doing very well by us the the issue though is that we're still along with the rest of the cities are not getting the funding that's required under the Constitution. cities cities have special you know, problems it's funny no question that, about it. you know we, we look at you know the cost of a classroom my classroom you know and they, they estimate the cost to be I don't know in Kenton in Kenton you know they, they estimate the cost of this much of dollar and you, you peel back my salary from that and you look at all the other costs you know there's so many unfunded mandates that are put on these districts here in the state mm -hmm. that come in and that really I think explodes the cost administrative costs I mean we talk about this APPR people they had to hire people to do this they had to hire people to create these tests we the, used to the PPR. Yeah, the uh, our annual professional review, oh. and and there's somebody there's somebody being paid for that. They they paying for, you know, for the school tests to be farmed out when the teachers used to create them. There's I mean there's way, way and that's a mandate you're saying that, that is yeah. it's unfunded mm -hmm. and and the districts have to put that on there. And I agree with Phil, it shouldn't be on the table. Let, let me let me you know we only got about twenty minutes left in this hour, and I do want to squeeze in another call or two eight zero three zero nine thirty the number. Let me let me turn the subject uh, or topic just just briefly before we we break uh to something I'd, I'd be remiss i've got bill conrad a social studies teacher at ken west i get bill uh, phil rumor from uh uh buffalo teachers federation uh, I've been if, we didn't worse, talk, if we didn't talk about if we didn't talk about the 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 school violence the guns in school fortunately we're not going to see anything on that for a few months because school is over yeah. not only here but around the country but this fall, um, you know, unfortunately, I'm sure there will be another incident someplace. God forbid it's it's here. Uh, but Phil, your your thoughts about uh, about uh, the solution? I mean, there's there's arming teachers, there's school resource officers, there's a whole. Well, first of all, we have we are completely and adamantly against arming teachers. When you uh, say we, we means the Buffalo Teachers Federation, uh, NYSET. Uh, many of the uh, teaching organizations that I know of, the national uh, organizations, um, our job as teachers is to protect our kids and make them safe in our classrooms, not to go out waving mm -hmm. a gun and getting shot for waving a gun or shooting the wrong person. The, the, the answer to this is multifaceted. First of all, we have to identify the students and families early. Now, there are warning signs that I think that and, and, should know. And when you look at those Florida, they, it looks like they already were identified. Well, well let me, you know let I mean? me, you know, you're but talking that's about getting to the next point. Though, yeah. But once they're identified, then we have to start working with them to make sure that they, you know, that we, whatever the problems that they have are being. Go Governor Cuomo with. has has proposed so-called red flag uh, um, legislation, whereby if a teacher thinks his kid is capable, apparently, of, you know, doing something terrible like this, that uh, they would be able to flag it and, and authorities would be able to go and take guns out of that home. I mean, I mean, you're, you're familiar with the proposal. Yes, I am. That's just uh, political rhetoric as far as I'm concerned. The issue is that we have to identify this, not just take the guns away, but we have to identify the students and the people that have the kind of problems that could lead to this. And there are early warning signs. Mm -hmm. I don't think there should be assault. Rifles should be sold. Uh, I don't. I think I don't see any reason. I used to hunt. I don't think I need an assault rifle to hunt. Uh, but we have to. It's a multifaceted. We have to identify 
not just in the schools, but in our communities as well, the people that have a propensity, work with them. Yes, indeed, we have to take guns away from people that, um, you know, that have committed crimes, for example, uh, spousal abuse, mm -hmm. et cetera. Mm -hmm. But the fundamental things we have to find out and identify as early as we can the students that have these problems and then make our schools safe and Bill, have a resource offices and everyone. Bill, you were, you, were, you were talking during the, one of the recent breaks about uh, lockdown drills and, yeah. and how scary they're getting. Yeah, well, I mean, you have to make it real. And, uh, you know, uh, in Kenton, we, we, I think we do some great drills. Uh, I mean, they're scary. Uh, my wife, I remember in the middle of a lockdown drill, my wife texted me, I, I want to quit. You know, because it's it's so stressful. It's you know, you got these kids huddled in a corner. I'm barricading my doors. I'm putting desks up. You know, we we had the SWAT team in. You know, it, it, it's it's a very stressful situation. And I I you know I don't want to carry a gun to school. I mean, I really don't. Uh, but but, I, but I, what, what if what if you had a colleague, however, who well, who has training again, was in the I, military was whatever and feels quite quite comfortable. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in the SRO, the student resource officer mm -hmm. embedded in the building who is armed. Yes. And, and the problem is, is these this costs money. You know, it's to train these people to to fund them. You know, it's you know, it's a lot of money. And I think the federal government needs to step up and start. Well, the problem is, if if you have just one, say you have one in your high school, yeah, which would be expensive. It's a deterrent. Uh, but uh, if something happens, they can't be everywhere. No, no, and and that's, I, I mean that's I, a big school. And By that's the time a, you go from one end of the school yeah. to another. No. God knows what happens. Yeah, we don't have security offices in, in most of our elementary schools. Yeah. yeah. They're just in the high schools. I mean, what's that all about? You know, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's a multifaceted problem. But you know what's, what's infuriating? We, we're flying our flag at half staff at BTF. And we're going to do that uh, in memory of this, the people that have died, but also until something is done. In other words, whenever anybody goes by, and we would encourage anybody else, that's any of the other unions, we're going to be doing that too, is that there's a concern because people talk about it, Kevin, just as you were saying, mm -hmm. God forbid it happened here. It's all talk. Nobody's doing anything about it. There's no funding to deal with it. There's no uh, plan to deal with it. They just talk about it, and then they say, oh, sorry, we can't do anything about it because one side or the other. I mean, it's just infuriating. Well, well, you know, we've had this conversation before on this show. In fact, Bill, you were you were part of it about mm -hmm. uh, six weeks ago or so when yeah. we when we after after a, uh, a school shooting and we we had that conversation. Um, it's uh, you, you know a, lo a, a a common thread is mental illness, and I think that's where you were going at originally when you started your answer to this question. Mm -hmm. Identifying people are the resources out there in this community are adequate resources are uh, out there. Uh, mental health professionals to to deal with some of these problems. I, I'm not sure that there are. There aren't. There aren't. And, you know, we're, we're fortunate. The county has been very helpful with the SAYS program and providing access to some of the supports that the county has. But let's face it, the county does not have the resources available for all of our stu students and all of our people mm -hmm. that need it. And w there has to be, if you really want to put an end to this or at least significantly reduce it, it's going to take funding, and it's going to take people that are dealing with other people, not just lip service, not just talking, not just passing mm -hmm. laws it, about red flags. And, and I like how you—we're being trained to say it's—it's it's not when it's it, you know it's not if it's going to happen, it's when. Yeah. I mean that's the mentality that and we're where. taking. When and where, because it, it's going to happen again, and that's the frightening part of that. Well, well, listen, we have. Uh, 
We have one more segment to go uh, in the show with Phil Ramore and with Bill Conrad. If you want to get on board, the number to call, 803-0930. Have to take a quick break now. In the meantime, I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. And welcome back uh, for one last segment. Kevin Hardwick sitting here with co-host Bill Conrad. I want to thank Bill again for, uh, for doing a great job this week. Uh, Phil Ramore, Buffalo Teachers Federation, and your calls at 803-0930. Get to a call in a moment. Uh, first, uh, some unfinished business. Uh, uh, people are wondering about the Mets, Producer Joe. Uh, have we given up on them? I mean, a Mets update. Well, I'll never give up on the Mets, right? Okay, that's your, Met, that, that's, that's so, your Mets update. I'm sorry, it's a, it's a short segment, Joe. But uh, what happened thanks, to DeGrom's Joe. ERA? yesterday? Well, you know, he gave up three runs. Um, but in, in how many innings? He pitched into the six, and then oh. Gazelman came out and Where gave did up. Where these Mets fans come from? Yeah. I, well, anyway. All right. Thanks, Joe. Anyway, uh, where do we go? Where do we go after that? I guess we go to uh, Tony and Clarence. Tony, welcome to the program. Uh, Kevin, you unintentionally forgot, uh, did not present the governor's proposal properly about guns and children. But on the red flag thing. What's that? On the red flag proposal, you mean? Yeah, well, okay. because what you forgot to say was that if a teacher gives the officer of the law an indication that a child may be in, getting close to getting arms mm-hmm. home, it has to be adjudicated by a judge. That's right. The judge is the person who has to give the order so that the guns would then not necessarily be confiscated, but be checked to see if they're secure. You can't just go into a house. And- no, I, I understand. Tony, what do you think about that proposal? I think it's a very good proposal mm-hmm. because if a student is, uh, ask Bill Ramore, he's seen it in his day and I've seen it in mine. When a child has signs and he's, Phil is right, when you have a child that acts out, has signs, makes threats on the Internet, post to his fellow students that he's going to do something, you better act before the child does something, because in that parkland shooting, every student knew that that student had a propensity for gunfire because he had used guns in many ways. So there was already a sign or an indication. When that happens, you go to a judge, ask that judge to then issue, you know, the police to go check the situation. It's just a, it's a simple device. I think it's a good one. And and it's obviously you would admit very controversial. I don't know how controversial it's because in the, in this country everything's controversial. <laughs> yeah. From the Good. you wake up in the morning and listen to Donald Trump's tweets and his lies, from that point on the whole day is shot to hell. Uh, hey, Tony, <laughs> Tony, thank you for weighing in and thank you for uh, for calling me out on that. Appreciate it. Uh, that was Tony and Tony and Clarence. Hey, uh, before we go, we've got about five minutes left, Phil. Uh, this Supreme Court decision coming down on Monday, I guess, uh, in the Janus case, going to affect not only BTF but public employee unions in general. Give our re- or give our readers, give our listeners a little background to the case. What's what's at issue here, and how BTF might be affected? Well, the bottom line is that uh, what this court uh, will probably rule is that. You can be covered and have the union negotiate for you, uh, defend you in any kind of grievances, negotiate your salaries, benefits, uh, and do all the things that are, that are in the contract for you, but you don't have to pay any dues. Your fellow members, your fellow colleagues have to pay for you. In other words, we, I call them 
freeloaders, but ultimately that's what the Supreme Court uh, is probably going to do. Bill, Bill Conrad, you're, uh, you're, you, you teach the social studies thing yep. at, at Ken West. What we have now in New York State, isn't it agency shop? Uh, yeah, agency fee what, what, yeah, So that, let, you know, go if, ahead. If you don't want to join the union, but uh, you, know, you, you, want to, you, know, you want the negotiation, you want the mm-hmm. salary and so on, because there might be a small part of the union dues that goes towards political action. That's the big, you know, some people. From, you political, can't be forced to join the union. You can't be forced to join the union, but you can but pay. But you have you, to pay the union, the union for, for the services for the they services provide, they like they negotiate a contract And I, I completely you. agree with Phil. It's, it's, it's like a it's welfare. It's kind of a middle ground, right? It is, it is. And I thought, and it's been since the 70s, I think, is, is kind of a, a nice negotiation for those folks that didn't want to join. But I have to agree with this freeloader comment. It, it's like a welfare mentality. I should get something for nothing. And I, I have a big problem with that. And, uh, you know, it, the fact that they can get the same benefits uh, and, you know, quote, unquote, get a get a raise as some of the tactics are being used is, uh, it, it's just not you know, fair. So, you so if, if, the, if this decision okay. comes down yeah. and, uh, and, and I tell my wife, hey, you know, why, why are you paying those union dues? You can still get the contract. You can still get the benefits. Phil Remore will still work for you. This year. Let's You'll not- get the contract this year, but enough people, you know, then it's gone. Yeah. But the, the bottom line is this. This is being promulgated by union haters. This is how to break unions. That's what this is all about. This is, uh, this is this straight and simple. Billionaires are putting lots of money into this. They're going to be running all sorts of ads, et cetera. But the concept is really straightforward. Here's a union, and they're negotiating a contract for you. You're benefiting from everything in that contract, but yet you don't have to pay, but your colleagues do have to pay. Now, what's that all about? I mean, but that's what the Supreme Court will probably rule. Yeah, I I have to admit that I've always liked the middle ground that New York State has taken on yeah. this. I mean, there are states where no, I, yeah. I mean, there are no unions. You don't have to be a union. You don't have to pay. There are states where you know you you and, have to pay and, union, and you don't union, have a choice. In our union then, too, like I just I started to interrupt, but in our union, it, uh, the political action is actually decoupled from the union dues all entirely. And then you've got time. New York State, which says you know the agency shop. You don't have to join the BTF or or the Kenmore Teachers Federation or whatever. Uh, but you do have to pay them a fee for negotiating your contract. You don't have to or pay them political dues or, or yeah. anything else that they do, but, but you got to do that. Or you don't have to pay for these ducks that uh, Phil is passing out there. <laughs> Actually, these are not paid for by the union. No. Phil, Phil, Phil brought some swag. It's a, it's a duck. It's a solar-powered duck. Is that what we would call it? It's yeah. a little plastic duck. It, yep, and it just wags back and forth, makes you smile. But, uh, but, but the box does say paid for by Phil, not BTF. Does it say union-made, Kevin? Yeah, yeah, well, that's uh, is a union made. I don't know, made in Chi- made in China. Oh, all right, I got oh this. my God, I, scandal I, I here problems. on no, Hardline. No wise quacks this. about the ducks. Please. No wise quacks. I got about problems the ducks. with this. So, um, so we, we we listen. We've only got we've only got a a, a minute uh, and a half left. Um, final final thoughts on where the district is going. You're you're pretty comfortable relatively speaking uh with the with the leadership now in the in the district with the school board certainly with the superintendent you have your disagreements but we got a good one yeah i think he i think he's he's trying to do the right thing uh, i question some of the people around him but i would urge the parents we can't do it alone you know parents tendency is to please just don't be afraid to be a parent because your kids will thank you when they get older there's nothing more. And when it comes to bullying, you know something? What I would tell your children is inside, every bully is a coward. Amen. And, when every, and every kid believes that and understands that, there'll be less chance that they're going to be bullied because they'll say, well, you know something? Inside that, bully is a coward. Why should I be afraid of him or her? Bill, 
Final thoughts on education. We've got uh, 15 seconds left for you. We've got a lot of work to do, and we're yeah. constantly improving, and I don't think that improvement will ever end. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's what we're in. We're in the pursuit of learning, well, and uh, we, want, we want our kids to be lifelong learners. And uh, Well, my, uh, my co-host, uh, Bill, uh, Bill Conrad, that'll be the final, uh, final word. That's, uh, that's where we'll leave it. I want to thank my guest this hour, Phil Ramore from the BTF, again, my co-host, uh, uh, Bill Conrad uh, from the uh, Kenmore West and also town of Tonawanda. I uh, want to thank uh, Joe Beamer uh, for his Mets update and for producing the show. Uh, we'll, Hardline will be back next week. I'm Kevin Hardwick. You have been listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN.